to-do list Tick it off and add some conversations and to-do lists my new podcast series uh, with me your host Fiona Ross and as always I start off saying I'm excited because um well I always get excited but I'm excited by my guest for this episode which is the amazing Gemma Freeze. welcome Gemma hi <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy to see you I say see you obviously people listening can't see you but I can see you but you can't see me in some weird tech kind of muck up. I was going to swear then, but I stopped myself. <laughs> I, you can't see me. My camera's not working, but you're looking gorgeous as always. Well, thank you. And I and I asked Fiona, I asked you to send me a selfie. <laughs> so I can yeah. have you in mind whilst we do this podcast. So <laughs> Yeah, because my camera's not working. So I've sent Gemma a, a selfie of exactly how I look, which, you know, is <laughs> with a pair of headphones on. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway thank you so much for joining me I'm so genuinely so happy to speak to you it's been far too long but for anyone listening who is thinking well who is Gemma Freeze who is this Gemma why is why has Fee got Gemma uh, on this podcast how would you describe yourself to someone who doesn't know who you are I guess I okay so I'm a multi-genre keyboardist synth player and vocalist and spoken word artist um, I work mainly in cross lots of um, crossover ja- jazz genres, but I'm also uh, play for Maximo Park, which obviously not jazz. Um, so I guess that's where the multi-genre is. <laughs> but that's one of the main yeah. things I love about your music is that it it, it does. I mean, I don't you we don't like boxes. And quite often, certainly with my journalist hat on, there's like jazz publications, there's kind of all these different publications or boxes that we have to try and fit people in. And I always struggle with that. And I always love it when an artist comes along that you really can't put in a box and and your music, even just your explanation. <laughs> You're probably the only journalist that enjoys that. <laughs> I do. I mean, I say that technically it can be a challenge sometimes, but that's one of the reasons I started this podcast was because there are no boxes here. It is literally thoughts, conversations and to-do lists. So, you know, it's not about boxes. And because it's my podcast, I can I can talk about what I want, really. <laughs> we don't have to fit in a box. It's such an open chat that there's more, you you know, you'd end up unravelling maybe more than you might have planned if you stuck to some kind of rigid genre structure you exactly. know what I mean? yeah things more and that's exciting yeah well that's and that's what I love about kind of uh, uh, you know just just that openness and and what I tend to do um before I speak to my guests is I just write down my thoughts I think you know right I'm going to speak to this person what springs into my mind immediately that we could potentially explore um and I just very briefly uh, wrote some things about you because um um there's many things I wanted to chat to you about but I I firstly I suddenly thought well how did I actually first meet you and I don't really remember exactly how that happened other than it was through Jay Frisco um I'm pretty sure that's how we first 
kind of met each other. So I'd love to talk about Jay Frisco. And obviously your incredible new album called Shadow Boxing. Um, and what that has entailed, and there is, you know, I was reading an article um, about you, an interview you did that talked about your health issues, which is kind of also related to, to your album. So I'd love to explore that a little bit. But I did also put fierce on my list, on my thoughts. I put fierce. Oh, yay. <laughs> <laughs> we can chat about being fierce or yes. maybe not being Oh, well, oh, yes. <laughs> but yeah, they're the things that sprung to mind. So t- tell me first about Jay Frisco. And I don't know if you remember. So how did we first, how did we first meet each other? I actually do remember. So I, I think you, I think you and Megan or you and Lara knew, knew each other or had met online uh, through some, because Megan had this Girls That Gig podcast or maybe it was through that or maybe it was through something else but I hadn't actually met you but we did we had like a gig in London so the first time I met you we were staying over at your house and that was that's, the first time I met you and I was just like right. hi <laughs> <laughs> we stayed in your all three of us stayed in your living room I think you did yes yeah, yeah. and I remember and I I was going back to um this is when I was living in Leeds so I was going back to Leeds the next morning and I I didn't have a smartphone back then I just had a brick phone and I got lost trying to get back to um the station oh, and I, no. was just, I was like sat in this kind of proper English cafe you know with the sausage <laughs> and beef and all that just stuck there with my brick phone and all my equipment and then I think I managed to get myself back but yeah I, I remember remember that so vividly but I think you knew either Lara or Megan who were um Megan plays guitar um and Lara plays uh, saxophone and synth stuff in in Jay Frisco, and I think you, I think you vaguely met them, and that's what, I don't know why we were staying at your house, like why it was you that we were staying. <laughs> well, and and because Jay Frisco, and and to explain to anyone listening who doesn't know who Jay Frisco is, so Jay Frisco is Gemma, and it's also Lara Jones uh, and Megan Rowe. Is that her name Rowe? Is that right? Yeah, uh, I had a, a blank there for a minute. And these these three women um, are just incredible. And and you know when you kind of see someone online or you hear something or you just find something and you're like, oh my god, there's something incredibly special and exciting, and also empowering but beautifully honest and real. And I felt I remember I think I did an interview or a review or something. And and one of the key things that I loved initially about the three of you was just how how real you were. And I have a big thing about fake like everything being fake and you know the problem with social media and uh, many things um that as artists especially as women I think sometimes you feel you have to be uh and we talked about uh, earlier on about box ticking and so on but sometimes you feel you need to look like this or sound like this or do this do that uh, which is obviously uh nonsense um but it it's still the way of many people. So I think that's one of the key things that was so amazingly refreshing about Jay Briscoe is it's like, you are true, you are real, and you are, this is actually how your life is. I love that. Oh, I, re- I remember the title of one of the interviews you did. Wasn't it like peanut butter and bras? Yes, yes. Oh, Joe, and I should have read that interview before we had our chat. Yes, peanut butter <laughs> and bras. I can't even remember why I referenced that, but it was something. I don't know. I, don't know. I remember that was like the title. And <laughs> yeah, everything you just said, said that, honestly, it just made me kind of tear up, actually, because that's, I think like, um, yeah, especially about the kind of the fakeness or the, the 
you know, having to appear a certain way to mm. achieve to achieve success and like and there's so many layers to that like what is success mm. and mm. what does that look like I mean there's so much to entangle there but I, I kind of often feel that if you want to be a if you know as a female musician it's like oh I have to be I have to be fierce I have to be loud I can't mm. be quiet because then I'll be forgotten I'll be invisible but my personality I am I'm quite I wouldn't say I'm a quiet person but I'm not I don't have a massive personality and I find big groups really intimidating. So I will be quite quiet. And I think there's a lot of that has affected my career because I'm not, I'm not a loud person. I don't wear loud clothes and I love people who do that. I'm not saying people who do that have things easy. I think there's, there's pros and cons to everything, but I think you're not allowed to be a, and, and then in other, in other scenarios, you have to be a quiet woman. So it's quite, it can get confusing about what, what you should be and what you shouldn't to achieve certain things and then that's why people sometimes appear fake but it's just it's just because they literally don't know how else to to get there because they've not been allowed to been to be themselves yeah and you know and I think a lot of people don't really understand that especially you know and I think you know the kind of the creative mind and I don't really like that term but kind of you know as as someone who is a creative or someone who creates that's that's a different mindset to kind of someone who is not in the creative industry let's say um and I so I don't think people outside of that really understand that if we just take social media for an example and I would put money on and I don't really want to bring myself into this but I I think it's relevant I find social media really hard and I find it really hard because I'm actually a very private person now, people don't, people who know me know that, but you, most people would think I'm loud, I'm confident, I'm kind of fierce, all these words that people use to describe me. Um, but it actually, I, I'm uncomfortable in crowds. I really don't like networking. Um, I hate talking about myself. Um, all these things. So every day when I go on something, I'm like, oh, I've got a new album coming out, so I need to post all these different, you know, uh, kind of things that I have to do. It's a challenge for me. Now, it's a challenge that I try to rise to, um, but it could give the perception of me loving doing this and loving doing that. And it's not the case at all. So it's it's really hard, I find, to find that balance, isn't it, of being, well, you know, I have to be this. I have to be on social media or I have to promote. I have to tell people about my music. Otherwise, no one's going to know about it. But then equally, I need to be honest. I don't want to pretend to be something I'm not. And that's really hard sometimes, I think. Yeah, I, I mean, I think you do it perfectly. Honestly, the way you come across on social media seem, you know, I know you said like that's not your kind of person, but I, you come across as genuine, to be well, honest. Thank I, you. <laughs> I think, you, yeah, but like you said, it's, it's hard because at the end of the day, it's a job, but most people on social media aren't doing that as a job. They're, they're posting for different reasons. So mm. if if social media was purely everyone on it was posting about their work and none of it was personal. I think that would be, that would be different and no one and everyone would kind of be like, Oh yeah, that's just them doing their job. Then That's not who they are. But I think mm. cause it's mixed in with personal life. That's why lines can kind of get blurred. Yeah. Yeah. It is challenging. Um, but I think, am I right in thinking you took a bit of a break off of social media for a while? Um, I didn't actually take a break. So I got a force off of social media because I, posted about my friend who was sexually assaulted and I oh. think the person who assaulted her reported my post and I got banned from social media and had to restart 
all of my social medias. Wow, sorry, let me just rewind that. Okay, so you so you were banned from social media because you reported someone, a friend of yours being sexually assaulted. I did a post about it. I asked her first, of course. Okay, but I, yeah. I, I, I did a post about it. Um, and then I think that post got reported by this guy. And so then you, you yeah, named the person. Uh, yeah, I did okay. tag them in it. Yeah, I did name them. I mean, I didn't want people working with, he's a musician, so sure. I didn't want people with him. But yeah, obviously then I got, like my social media taken away with me it was disabled like my accounts were disabled oh I didn't realize that I thought in my head I was like you're probably just taking a break from social media as people do I didn't realize um that that was what had happened wow okay and how did that make you feel then because obviously if you were you were sharing this story as a supportive thing you know this is something that you felt other people needed to know to protect them and you were effectively sort of punished is that a strong word to use but effectively someone decided to punish you for doing that that sounds awful yeah it's multiple things like at first it 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 looked like I was only going to be banned for like 15 days so I thought you know what I'm going to take this as I'm having a little break but then it was like but then obviously it got kind of gotten up to like and I kept waiting and waiting and it was like 30 days 60 days 90 days 100 days 150 and when it got to like 150 and I was like, I think I need to make new accounts. It's clearly going to be disabled. And I think like it stressed me out because mm-hmm. I thought I'd be losing out on gigs, really. And like, and mm-hmm. I, I get, I get kind of like, oh god, what if people think? I, I do care what people think, and I think I care too much. And I'm scared that people think like, oh, she's not doing anything anymore. And uh, yeah, I felt really yeah. self-conscious and like, uh. and then like you said, like you, you're speaking out, you're supporting someone, and then you just get, yeah, wow. yeah. If, felt so in a way I'm not surprised <laughs> like so you, you know I'm just we're just so used to this kind of stuff but like yeah it felt really just disgusting and disheartening and then and then the other part of me kind of felt even more like oh, I really want to fight and I mean I've spread the word about this person yeah so there's and I you know and then I did and yeah so it's it's it kind of it did spark another like a fight in me but then it mm. also disheartened me at the same at the same time mm. um, it's hard isn't it and I have to say with my women in jazz media hat on this is something we often discuss about you know uh, uh, that naming and shaming and when it's appropriate to do that like sometimes it is appropriate to mention someone's name or venue or festival or whatever it is sometimes the only thing that can be done for the the greater good is to actually name this person venue or whatever it is because that's what will actually um, facilitate change but then you have to counterbalance that because and I say with my women in jazz media hat on if we were forever posting about well this person did this this venue did this this you know then actually I feel we wouldn't be able to affect change. So for me, it's about trying to balance that dialogue. Um, so so as an organization, we don't name and shame, but we we deal with a lot of that stuff behind the scenes. Um, but there are some women in the team, and, and you know, this is this is an open discussion we have, who are no, let's name and shame. Like if something's happened, they're like, no, no, do you know what? We need to post that on social media. We need to call out this person. So it's it's, it's a tricky balance sometimes. Uh, but tell me, with, with your experience, has that 
made you feel that if you were to find out about something again, that you therefore wouldn't post about it? Has that made you reflect on, you know, if that situation happened again, how you would deal with it? I I would I would I would post about it, but I wouldn't name the person. But I would say in my post, if you want to know who this person is, message me and I'll tell you who it is. Because uh, for me, it's about it's me for me it's about safety. Because the person was a musician and it was another musician, mm. and for me, it's it's safety. It's just like yeah, yeah, it's the safety thing. Mm. But I I get that from a lot. I I totally what you're saying like that totally makes sense. Like. The bit you're, you guys are thinking about like the bigger picture, whereas I'm not. I'm thinking quite like mm. in a small picture sense. So that's yeah, I totally agree with that. I think I was just in the moment, just thinking mm. of about the small picture. Yeah. Oh, and don't get me wrong. I don't think there is. And I say we often discuss this. And in fact, there's there's someone in in the team who I will actually have uh, on the podcast as a guest. Uh, so I won't name her for now. But uh, you know, we often discuss. You know, she was in a situation where she she did name and shame someone. Um, and she said that because of that, she got an awful lot of abuse and backlash and she was kind of effectively blacklisted by many, many, many people because she named this person. It was this horrible battle of kind of people taking sides. Um, but she uh, absolutely feels she did the right thing. And she's like, I'd do it again. It was the right thing to do. Um, so, yeah, we we have often have discussions about this. So it is, um, I don't think there's a right or wrong and we all have to do what we feel is right. And as you say, ultimately, it, we want to make sure people are safe. But yeah, we want to do the right, the right thing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That went heavy very quickly, didn't it? But I tell you what... <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting us to go straight there but let's backtrack a little bit because you mentioned social media and you mentioned about if you're not on there worrying about yeah you know, if people know what you're doing and and getting gigs so let's explore your incredible album so and I it was a few months ago I think but you're going to correct me because I think it was probably more than a few months but your recent album which is called Shadow Boxing which is yeah. an amazing album so when did it come out? Uh, May 2022. No, was it May? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, from your point of view, well, in fact, no, let me, I want to read something to you. So, this was the interview that I was reading about you because I think this is really key. Uh, it says here, and this is from Jazz North, obviously, which you do a, an immense amount of work with, and who shout out for Jazz North, they're, they're incredible. Um, it says here, composed dur during her illness and recovery, her new music is about reinvention. And you said, it's quoting you here, this is the first time I felt fearless about music. I had lost the use of my arms and hands, which especially as a piano and keyboard player was terrifying. I encountered my worst fear, but with writing this music, I had nothing else to lose. Now that alone uh, almost, well, it, it actually makes me very emotional. I was just, the, the thought of what you were going through um, is well, let's explore it. So could you tell us what happened leading up to this album? Because obviously you became ill and, and then obviously this album was kind of came out of that illness in some ways, didn't it? Yeah. So obviously pandemic happened and in, in, and in 2020, uh, I moved back in with my family in Sheffield to kind of help them out and stuff mm. like that. And then a few months into that year, um, I started getting different kind of pains and then and and then all of a sudden 
I like kind of fell to the floor and I couldn't lift my arms or my head and I was basically bedridden I couldn't even like lift a piece of paper so I I literally couldn't use my hands or arms like that, could honestly, take my off. that sounds absolutely <laughs> terrifying yeah yeah it's ter- it, it was terrifying and I think uh especially because there's no I, did, I I still to this day don't have a diagnosis and I'm, I'm very you know I'm really happy that I've gotten better I still have um, a lot of health problems but it's nowhere near as bad as that like mm. no nowhere near mm. um, and that's through like I've had lots of neurophysio I've had like osteopaths um so mm. I've had like CBT therapy for it like loads of different things and I tried every I tr- I was so you know adamant I tried every single thing possible under the sun went to multiple mm. M- MRI scans blood tests like anything you can think of I went to like a hand specialist in your wow. well yeah well, but if you had no diagnosis I imagine you you, you would just try anything because obviously if you knew what it was and it'd be like okay take this pill or have this therapy or you know normally if you know what it is but if you don't know what it is then of course you must have tried absolutely everything Yeah, and I remember, I remember okay. there was like what I remember when I, I had my last thing that they were like this. This is the last thing you can try, and it was to see a neurologist. No. And I really thought, oh, this is the thing. And then when I saw them, they were like, mm. oh no, you, you you seem fine. Maybe you'll get, maybe you'll get better. Maybe you won't. And I, that for me, like that was just like hitting a, that that it really hit home then because I almost had this drive of like oh, I'm going to mm. go see this this appointment that go to that. So I had a bit of. That was what kept me going. And then when suddenly you don't have something to kind of fixate your mind on. But yeah, so anyway, so that all all of that was happening. And in my mind, it's, you know, not only is all the physical stuff obviously really horrible, but obviously emotionally as well. You, you, I had, people had to feed me. Like I couldn't do anything myself and I'm quite an independent person. So like losing my independence, you know, I'm li- living back with my parents who um, I'm so grateful to them because I don't know what I would have done without them. But obviously they were helping me with all that stuff. And then in my mind, it's like, what am I going to do? I-, I can't play keyboard anymore. I mean, I can't do anything. Oh. In my mind, I was like, right, I need to. Oh, my God. Um, I'm ready so myself sorry. You went- I mean, that honestly, this is going to be telling me what that. it's like and I say, for the rest of my life. For me, I'm like, no, I can't even begin different. to imagine. I'm so and- sorry you went through that. But this does bring me on to my fierceness because, yes, you you went through something <laughs> that, and especially as a pianist, and I can say this as a pianist myself, the thought of not being able to use my hands um you know that must have been terrifying but oh my god how how you have risen up to that challenge to create this incredible music and as I say fierce doesn't even cover it because you you know you created this incredible music so how how did you find the strength to do that so I think like because I got to this point in my mind where I was mm-hmm. like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I can't do this anymore. And I thought to myself, I can still sing. That is the only thing that I can do. And I can, you know, I can compose. <laughs> can't really, but I can yep. sing. And that's how <laughs> Shadow Boxing, the whole album started. I mean, it's majorly, majority. I know, yeah, I'm sorry, this has vocal. become quite emotional. There's loads of, I hope I can think of women. There's <laughs> loads of really to go down that route. It's not enough because I'm tearing up a bit. <laughs> 
That's what I wanted to chat about. But yeah, so I was like, I can do vocals. Mm. And that's how everything started. Everything was through vocals. I didn't I didn't sit down and write out what I was going to do. I literally clicked record and you know had to use my little finger because the, all the other fingers were in pain. I clicked record and I like, just literally improvised different singing things. And that's how every, like basically every yes. single song of shadow boxing started and then with midi piano i could kind of tap like play in gradually build up chords but i could only play you know one minute a day and that's including composing recording if i did something yeah. wrong you know i've got one minute a day that i can do this and then i have to leave it for, until the next day so obviously it took a long time because it's, it's yeah it's 35 minutes worth of music and not only that it's even coming up no, there, you've please, got to like actually it. write it <laughs> but most of it was improv and I couldn't I just sorry I'm really talking at a lot loads here but um uh, um yeah I, because, because of that because mm. I had no choice because I had such a limited amount of time each day yeah. I couldn't go back and decide to go a different route so every time I wrote something that was the way that the song was going yeah so it, I think that took it in such a yeah. different direction like I was very limited but and I think that brought something new to be honest and I just didn't give a shit anymore to be honest because I was like I can't be a musician <laughs> live with my parents got all these health wow. problems like what mm. like there's nothing to lose like if I write a shitty album who cares I don't it really did wow. nothing mattered so that's kind of where I felt really fearless so I was like I'm just gonna uh, do that whatever it's I like incredible. the sound of I don't I mean, care what hit, it is you know, I don't just care you say, I'm not scared you know, you and could I think that that's where that finger, came from you could only do it for a, a minute a day I mean I mean could you actually hear the, the the words that you're saying and how incredible that sounds like please tell me you realize I mean the strength that you must have had to do that I mean that's that's incredible <laughs> and, and and are you and again not a trick question because as you say it's like it's your music it's like you you didn't really care what people thought looking back on it now like because now you've kind of come out of that as I say you said you're still suffering a little bit from health issues but it's a lot better now isn't it your health so so looking back at what you created how does that make you feel do you, are you kind of do you see the strength in your music mm. Uh, I'm really proud I'm just proud of it and like I think it's like just one of the like it's the strongest piece of work I've yeah I've ever done and um and the way you know yeah and it's unique like I'll never have that again you know because hopefully you know I've, I'm much better now I'm doing okay key keyboard as normal but I can only do it maybe two hours a day oh, yeah. so I can so do a gig and that's you? all so I do the, the whole day. process of the album from um, the kind of, yeah, that's the, come the a long way from started doing to compose it, if you like and start to experiment to yeah. actually releasing it how, how long did that take you roughly wow okay um yeah <sighs> actually releasing it uh maybe two years <laughs> yeah um but yeah so yeah <laughs> oh my god I'm so, 
this is no, I'm no, really honestly, emotional right I'm now, kind of like I'm, you know this is like I I knew a great that just this feels like about for me, but your album even, even if we just me. spoke <laughs> about that, I, that there's so much depth <laughs> in that um, uh, but as I say, that that's why I wrote down fierce. So all, in fact, all of these things. So you, know, so I wrote down Jay Frisco, shadow boxing, illness, fierce. And th- these are all absolutely connected. And I do, and I'm sure anybody listening, that story alone is hugely inspiring, hugely inspiring. And certainly as a musician, and certainly as a pianist, well, in fact, as, as a singer, I, you know, I, I've often thought about, you know, what if I couldn't play? what if I couldn't sing you know and I remember and who was it oh I think it was Julie Andrews you know Mary Poppins um and I can't remember when it was I'm guessing maybe five ten years ago or something I remember it was all over the news because she couldn't sing anymore I think she had some kind of operation or she had something wrong with the larynx uh and yeah she she was told that she couldn't sing anymore and I remember seeing this interview um where she was just kind of matter-of-factly saying I can't sing anymore. And just the thought of, you know, not being able to do something that is so integral to who you are. And I think this is something during COVID that I explored with lots of people because during COVID when, you know, we were all locked down as, as I say, creatives, you know, if if our thing is performing, you know, if we have to, you know, perform to a live audience, you know, making music in that way, suddenly we were forced into a situation where we couldn't do that anymore because we couldn't go out, we couldn't mix. But if if that's who you are, then suddenly you're like, well, I don't know who I am anymore. If I, if I actually can't go and perform, what am I? You know, and I have many discussions with people. It's like, well, I'm a performer. I can't perform anymore. So... I'm lost basically. So, you know, even just COVID like on its own raised that question for so many people. But if you add to that for you with the fact that actually physically, um, you know, you you couldn't play or you couldn't move. Um, I, I, can, I can't even begin to think how terrifying it is. But as I say, the strength you must have found. I mean, generally, where did you find that strength from? Was it when you said your family? Was it kind of, it sounds like you must have had some incredible, incredible people around you. Yeah, I think particularly my mum, my mum's, my mum's American and she is very, she's the strongest person I know in the world. She's quite, wow. she's, she can be, um, wow. she's hilarious. She's strong. Okay. Yeah, she's she like sounds fierce. <laughs> worked in prisons. She's worked in with teenagers or all prostitutes. Like she's, she, oh mm. yeah. Strong ass lady. But, and I think, you know, she, and she, um, mm. and I th- it, it, it's her you know it's I think hopefully I like to think I've got a bit of her personality you know and I think it was mm. just like it was almost like I could see this those two mm. paths one where it was like mm. right this is my life so what am I going to do now what, what's the next step I can't do anything what I can do is sing cool mm. let's do that mm. and and like it was just about it was almost like logical rather than, emo- than an emotional step if that makes sense it's like okay, I can't do that, right, cross that out, cross that out, like, I was able to be logical and 
I don't, I don't, yeah. I think it's, yeah, Honestly, it's just I, I, a, I a way to survive it in a way was to be, it is incredible. was to I, do I that, imagine, like that was a way you know, of survival for me. Some people never get to that place. So say so whatever the barrier is, if you, you've reached a barrier, sometimes it can take people <laughs> years and years and years, if ever, to work out how to get through that barrier, barrier, yeah, whatever that may be, you, you know, so for you to actually really find the strength to 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 rise to that challenge and to create this incredible album and to be so fierce I'll come back to that word because it's true I mean that can't be underestimated I mean it's it's truly incredible and and I think more people should know about your story because other people will get inspiration from that Oh, I, I, I really hope so. That's that. That is what I want to do. Like, is just help other people. I don't know. There's so many people with mm. with invisible illnesses, I mean, and misdiagnoses, mis- whatever, you, however you pronounce that word. And yeah, really feel for everyone there. But yeah, like you said, it, it changed my identity. And like, like you said, everyone who's been through the pandemic, like their identity has. Mm has been reshaped and my mine definitely was and in a way like my, even my personality my goals like mm. everything was forced to was had to change in order to survive what was happening mm. it's a survival thing of like I can't change what's happening what can I change I can change what's inside and I think it, that was subconscious sure. and I think that's what's happened and I, yeah. I actually no, like I know what you mean the person you know I, I am now I don't I like, like the I've health problems I'm not trying to be toxic positive and, and, but and a I do lot of like people, the person I think that I am now <laughs> use lockdown um in a positive way because obviously there was many 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 negatives about lockdown but I think what it it made a lot of people do and I absolutely include myself in this and and I'm going to presume the same for you from what you said is reevaluating what we consider is success you know when you know and as a musician some people might say well being you know number one in a certain chart that for me is a success or kind of having a gig at this particular, you know, Ronnie Scott's or whatever. There's, you know, there's many different goals that people had. And if they hadn't reached those, they would consider they're not successful. Um, And then what happened? Yeah. 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 Cause for me, and I say this all the time for some it's people. So it's sad, isn't it? It's really horrible. Like, what we do to ourselves. <laughs> yeah, and that can't be underestimated. Uh, and, and I think only people who don't truly understand, people who struggle with that, yeah. actually understand that. You know, I mean, for me, for example, um, no. I, I'm generally overly positive. Uh, I don't know why. Uh, obviously, I have my moments. Um, but, you know, I, I generally, I get up in the morning, you know, I, I'm up, I'm fine. I'm kind of, you know, I, I need like, you know, 10 minutes to kind of just gather my thoughts and then and then I'm ready for the ready for the day. But I know many, many people um, who suffer from a range of uh, levels of depression from kind of mild to severe. Um, and for them, just getting up in the morning can seem impossible, can absolutely seem impossible. So for them, actually getting up not even getting dressed, you know, just actually getting out of bed is a significant achievement and that is a success. Um, And I think, I like to think that the lockdown, you know, opened people's eyes more to kind of, well, actually, what what really is an achievement? What really is success in your world? Because we were suddenly facing a situation where we couldn't do what we thought we needed. 
but we realized what, what we did need, right? Exactly. Mm. Exactly. And mm. yeah, during those times when I was really well, a level my success was literally mm. getting out of bed, being able to have to, you know, and then obviously I'd have to go to bed like a few hours mm. later to lie back down. But like and, and and you know, it kind of changed as I got better, you know, my things of success, you know, uh, got mm. uh, it's just changed. But now I'm my my thing of I used to be like what you were saying, like, oh, I've got to be the best this, the best that, number one. But now I'm just like, oh, I just want to have a, no, like I love a, that. a nice day. Oh, I just want to have some I love that, on, nice food or maybe I'll get a takeaway today. And that's for me, like, that is my highlight of the day. And, <laughs> but about it, it's like, if, if you, if you really do feel that that's yeah. your favorite yeah. thing and that's your most successful thing, you are getting the same out of that than someone is who gets a number one in the charts if that do you know what I mean so it really actually doesn't matter because it's it's how you feel about something and your emotional response how it makes you feel about yourself about the world that matters not the actual successful thing it's about being truthful with yourself isn't it and I think that's the thing that that lockdown forced us to do it's like because we were basically on our own or whether you know whatever your living situation was you know we were kind of you couldn't go out you couldn't hug people all these different things you couldn't do so you were suddenly faced with the reality of like okay what do I actually need firstly to function as a human being like what do I need but also what do I need to make me happy you know, and I know many people who um, in fact I know quite a few people who are very introverted so in some ways they loved lockdown because, you know, all those times when they had to go out and network and they had to be sociable, which they found a challenge, suddenly they didn't have to do that anymore. So they were actually relieved. So I think what that did is highlight the fact that they really don't like socializing. Whereas I know quite a few people who were extroverts who were really struggling. They were like, I need people. I don't like being on my own. You know, I need to be around people. So it kind of, it, it made you really work out, I think not everyone, but it made you kind of really think about who you are as a person and what yeah. you really need to make you happy. Yeah, it took you to your core, didn't it? It kind of took mm. you to your, what your fundamentals are. and Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and we're all different. Oh, we are so, we are so deep today, aren't we? Oh, we've gone straight in there, I know. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I do. <laughs> but you know what, what part of... Um, of you and I say when I think about you and we, we talk about you know the, the people you had around you is the incredible community feeling and and love and family of Jay Frisco now am I <laughs> right in thinking are you going to be playing again soon did I did I read something I'm sure I got all excited about seeing a post somewhere about the Frisco's either meeting getting together are you going to be doing stuff together soon or am I am I losing the plot don't worry, you're not dreaming. It okay. is a reality. <laughs> um, so yeah, we we've kind of had a bit of a break, but it, you know, because we are spread out now. Lauren Jones is in London, and mm. Megan is near Blackpool, and I'm in Sheffield. But we so two years ago now, God, we we recorded. Um, maybe it was a year ago. Uh, we recorded an album in a forest using a say, generator. That was the last thing I seem to remember. Was something in the woods? It was incredible. <laughs> And we did a gig as well. We recorded it all. So then 
a year after that, we sat down and, you know, we had some time away from it and we, we listened back to everything. Obviously, we had loads of different files because we did it all ourselves. So mm. we had to like put them all together, cut things down, trim things. And, you know, we didn't have, all we had was output from the PA and mm. Megan's guitar amp. So mm. we couldn't really mix, you know, yeah. properly, but it sounds really raw and that's what we're going for. So then we had to be like, right, let's choose these songs, these songs. Then we went to London a few weeks ago, but I think maybe that's what you saw Lara's tweet. Um, okay. And then we listened back to it again. Um, like Lara's been mixing it, so then we listened back. So it's been a long process, but it's all done by us. You know, there's been no other influence apart from the forest. I guess that's a pretty big influence. That, I guess. <laughs> um, but yeah, we will be, you know, we'll be releasing that and we will be gigging with that. We're just, we're just taking our time because... You, you feel like you you know sometimes you feel like you have to just constantly be doing stuff and I think mm. yeah in a sense like you do have to have that momentum but also we're just like oh, we're just gonna do what we want it's our freaking band but but and this and this is one of the things that I think and I'm, I'm probably re- repeating myself but you know why Jay Frisco particularly um, appealed to me instantly is because I, I get the sense that the three of you it's like it's like you're at home you know, when they say, and in fact, I was writing about this the other day when when people say home is where the heart is. Uh, and, uh, you know, they, like my mother will say, they say this. Um, they say home is where the heart is. But of course, that means different things. Like home um, means different things to different people. But ultimately, isn't it somewhere where you feel safe, where you feel loved, where you feel that you're not judged? but that you can openly explore things. You can have those discussions, you know, and you can disagree with each other, but you can have a, a healthy professional discussion about it. But it's a safe space surrounded by people who are all of the same mindset. And, and I always get that impression when I see even just a photo of Jay Frisco. When I see photos of the three of you, for me, it feels like the three of you feel you are at home. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And you know what, that's, I think that's probably changed now, but but basically when we first got together, we were all extreme outcasts at uni. We all went to Leeds Conservatory and we were like, we were just outcasts. We didn't fit in with anyone mm. and we just found each other. Honestly, yeah. we were, you know, we were on different courses and we found each other. And I think that that's, that's that home that you're talking about. That's mm. what initially connected us all was like, yeah. we were all outcasts and we were like this outcast family. And that's, I think that's changed now only because we've changed as people. We're more comfortable in our own skin and, you know, mm. da, 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 da. it's not mm. that we're not home anymore, but it's just, there's other things now. And I think with them, I'm, I, I can, I'm, a, I am like someone that I never thought I could be like the improvising that I do with them. I couldn't do with anyone else. No way. They, they bring stuff out of me that I'm literally just sat looking at my hands shocked because I didn't think I could come up with that. Mm. I can't plan it. It's, 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 it's I can't even think of the word. But that's it's the thing. Enigma. I think when, when you're with the right people, it's empowering. And, and I use yeah. this term an awful lot, but I don't think it can be underestimated that 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 word empowerment because it's it's not easy. Like you have to be in the right environment. You have to be in the right space. But if you are in the right space, that alone is empowering. As you say, when you first got together. Um, you were you described yourselves as outcasts and then by coming together so three of you as as you proclaim outcasts 
that became empowering. And and that yeah. in turn, from that point onwards, actually enabled you as individuals to continue to be empowered. So it's kind of this weird, uh, you know, um, as I say, like a home situation where you, you felt you didn't fit in, but you found other people who didn't fit in. And actually together you became empowered. It, it's a beautiful thing. I love that. I love the way you, you just phrased that. Yeah, that's that's how I feel. I, there's a sense yeah. of confidence that I feel with them that I honestly don't feel like that in other situations. It's weird. Mm. <laughs> mm. Honestly, it is a beautiful thing. Um, and I'm aware we could chat for ages. Sorry, I'm like, because we're <laughs> going deep into different things. But tell me, if people are listening, do you have any gigs planned? If people want to support your work, where do they go? What can they see? What's the best way to support you? Go to my Instagram. So it'll be Gemma with a J and freeze with an S. But it's just, it is, you say it freeze. And it's, yeah, Instagram, I post everything on there. And at the moment, I'm doing a lot of stuff with my project with me on synth and keys and my friend Jenny on drums. And we're called J2O. And I'm, we're playing at Matt and Fred's. And we're do, I'm doing a lot of stuff with with that project right now, gigs okay. wise. And is there another um, Insta account for that for that project? Or yes. Yes. Yeah, it's, one. it's Shout it out. It's it's J J two O and it's O like O H like oh wow. So it's J two O music. Okay. And then J Frisco again is the letter J. I'm obsessed. I think I'm a bit like I you just like realized all oh, people have a J in them. But um, yep. <laughs> people think I'm like some like weird egomaniac. Yep. Um, <laughs> uh, but okay, so there's so that's three different. So J Frisco you and sorry what did you say the name of the other project was j2o J2O, okay so you've got lots of gigs coming up and 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 so we've got your shadow uh, boxing that people can that's available now and you can get that on Bandcamp. jay frisco will come out soon um is there any anyone else that you would like to mention as a shout out that we haven't talked about you talked about your mum we've talked about jay frisco is there anyone else in your life that you feel, do you know what? Like, people need to know how incredible this person is. It's not a trick question. Oh, <laughs> I'm actually <laughs> going to mention my, my best friend, Jenny. Okay. Uh, she's, I think, um, I don't know if, if, if um, what, uh, anyway, I don't know if she, if you've, you've, you know her already, but she's a female drummer and she, and she's just like the best drummer that I've, ever played with and I just think like she needs more recognition oh, <laughs> so it's her name her, her name is Jenny Walanetsky and like honestly she doesn't get as much rec- recognition because she's female she constantly people overlook her people mm. come into band rooms and say hello to all the guys and don't say hello to her like it's oh. it's horrible and she's incredible drummer and she and she plays like no one else and I just want I just want her to have the recognition that she deserves not that she doesn't have any recognition now but I think she should have more and she's just a, a cool ass person genuine got like silly same sense of humor as me she's my best mate so I'm definitely gonna mention her. amazing and she begins with a j as well so like continues the <laughs> so I take it is she on Instagram can we find her on social media for people listening you want to yeah follow her? yeah so she's Jen drums oh okay excellent so that's why we're called J2O because there's two of us and we're both J's. Ah, so. okay, beautiful. Okay, <laughs> uh, thank you. And there's, I have one final question, which is it's sort of an easy one uh, because obviously this is called thoughts, conversations, and to-do lists. So, what's on your to-do list at the moment? 
do you know what's on my to-do list? I won't be too specific, but I just, and there's a lot of people that I need to like pay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> and some invoices. Uh, just, just like, there's like people that I like owe money for like takeaways. It's literally like that. I can, nice. I'm looking at it right now. I'm like, oh, this person five pounds. Oh, this person 10 pounds. Um, and what else? I need to sort out, my fridge is broken. Oh. And two of the lights in my flat work. So that's all of that is on my to-do list. Okay, I love that. And this is, I've been asking everybody what's on their to-do list and I have to say it's fascinating. The kind of wide range of things <laughs> that are on my to-do list. Cause you know what I never do? I don't tell people what's on my to-do list other than one thing, which I've decided might be a bit cheesy because on some of these earlier podcasts, after the guest has talked about their to-do list, I say, well, on my to-do list today was talking to Gemma Freeze. And it's like, <laughs> oh my God, I can't say that. <laughs> that's, that's how the podcast should end. I love that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, in my head, it was kind of like, oh yeah, no. And on my to-do list today was talking to you. And, and the thing is, it's true. Because <laughs> on my to-do list today was talking to you. So it's not even a line. It's like you were on there. So actually, I've managed to tick that off. But then I've decided, because you know, someone once said to me, um, in fact, a few people said to me a while ago that I had a really good radio voice, right? But then once someone says that to you, you then get tempted to go, oh, I've got a really good radio voice. So I'm <laughs> I'm talking to Gemma Freeze and she's on my to-do list. <laughs> so I can't take myself ser- seriously saying things. <laughs> anyway, I digress. A good, like, kind of music outro after you say that. I can imagine, like, do honestly the silliness and and I do have I think this is well I hope it will work we'll we'll find out I love the variety because I say sometimes the conversations I have are kind of silly sometimes they're very deep sometimes they're a combination of everything and and it's just um for me it's just about the reality of of people's lives and and what for this one, for what you and I do. And it's honestly, it's been so wonderful to talk to you. So thank you so much for being a guest um, on this podcast. And um, thank you for listening. I will put all the links on so you can find and support the fabulous Gemma Freeze. Uh, so thank you so much. Thanks, Bea. Just going through my to-do list.